Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, what's up, everybody? Jack Maloney here with Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Paroxysm Basketball Network. We're doing our special season preview podcast. I'm joined by my guy, Chris Barnwell. We're about to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, who Chris knows a lot about. Uh, he covers them for At The Hive. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah, I'm, the editor. I'm an editor over there. At The Hive. That's an SB Nation Hornets site. Um, so the Hornets had an interesting offseason. They obviously got rid of Lance Stevenson, who we'll talk about that in a minute, but that, that didn't work out. Uh, they lost Gerald Henderson, and uh, <laughs> uh, Gerald Henderson and Noah Vonley they sent to Portland for uh, Nicholas Batum. Um, they they uh, lost Bismack Biombo. He went to Toronto, I believe. Uh, they brought in Jeremy Lin, uh, Tyler Hansbro, uh, Jeremy Lamb, Troy Daniels, and. Spencer Hawes came over in that Lance deal. Um, so, you know, a lot of role players, bench guys, except Batum. Uh, in the draft, obviously, they took Frank Kaminsky after supposedly turning down 500 picks from the Celtics. They finished 33-49 and 49 last year, 11th in the East. It was, you know, a very disappointing season um, in Charlotte, especially with the Lance thing, which I guess we'll start with that. So, I liked I liked that signing. It clearly did not work out. <laughs> Everyone's aware. It was everyone liked the signing at first because he was coming out that great season right. with Indiana. I mean, everyone knew about the personality issues, and a lot of people want to make out that the disaster with him was a personality issue. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of a problem with the way he worked with. Steve Clifford or whatever, but there has never been a report that's come out that said he was fighting people in the locker room or right. anything like that. It was just a horrible fit, like, basketball-wise. Yeah. He, he was supposed to be this creator next to Kemba, but he wasn't really, he couldn't really, because of their lack of ability to shoot three-pointers, he couldn't get the spacing he needed to dribble inside, and he couldn't shoot for his life. He no. shot a horrible percentage last year. It was like 25% or something. It was awful. Uh, yeah, but it's it's what you have to do when you're Charlotte and you take a flyer on, you know, guys who are either fringe fringe stars or on the rise, you know, looking to get their first big contract because you're not established superstars are not coming to Charlotte. Like, I'm sorry, Hornets fans, but like, it's not happening. KD is not coming. KD to CHA. How dare you? <laughs> K, hashtag KD to CHA. Um, They're waiting on Steph Curry, sir. Thank you very much. 
Well, they already got there. They are. I I forgot they already got their superstar, Mr. Jeremy Lin. Um, Jeremy Lin is going to lead them to the promised land. <laughs> no, I I actually I like Jeremy Lin, but you know he's he's okay. Nice. A nice player, but you know that's how it goes. Not everyone can be a superstar. All right, so. <laughs> Not everyone can have the entire country of China behind his back. I, I don't think he's Chinese, but... Uh, I, I don't remember his nationality, but he's a huge <laughs> over in China. Well, right, right. Um, um, so I looked it up. Lance Diazen shot 17% from three-point range last year on 105 attempts. Yeah, that's... Uh, wow. That's not good. 37% <laughs> from the field. Um, Just, wow. Yeah, that's it's it's no good. Um, that is disaster levels of a failure of a signing, which we went over how it shouldn't have been, but yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so Lynn is Taiwanese. Just to clear that up. Um, All right, that was it. Okay, so. Love you, Taiwan. <laughs> shout out Jeremy Lynn. Uh, I think we're done talking about him for this podcast, but a nice pickup. Let's talk about the trade, um, not the Lance trade, uh, because that's really, we, we went over that. Unfortunately, you now have Spencer Haas on the Hornets, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so the, Spencer the, Haas, uh, just touching on him really quick, Spencer Haas should be okay, I guess. He can stretch the floor, considering they had absolutely no shooters last year. Well, really, since we're on the topic of the bench depth, let's cover that really fast. Okay. Last year, one of the major problems was the bench that was supposedly like supposed to be this deep bench. Like I remember watching the starters at one point last year, and they said this might be the deepest bench in the league, and it turned out it was one of the worst. Just no one could come in and help. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't defend. Like they really could. Well, I guess they were all right at defending, but they really couldn't do anything to help the team at all. So they draft Kaminsky. They bring in Hansbrough. They kept hair. Marvin Williams, they bring in Hawes, they bring in, they take a flyer on Jeremy Lamb, they got Jeremy Lin, they kept Brian Roberts, like, they just added a bunch of depth that could work, mm-hmm. and really, I mean, after last year, when you replace the entire bench, is that really a bad idea? No, I mean, you know, they didn't bring any guys who are going to be, you know, have a huge impact, but like, Tyler Hansbrough is... As long as you accept him for what he is, like he's not a bad NBA player. He's just, you know, if he's your fourth or fifth big playing spot minutes, like he's not a terrible guy to have. You know, Jeremy Lim, Jeremy Lamb is an eternal prospect, but you never know what you're gonna get. You know, um, Marvin Williams, PJ Hairston, like these are guys who are not. They're not terrible basketball players. They're just, I don't know. They don't. <laughs> They don't have a ton of skill. Uh, I like Marvin Williams a decent amount, actually. I think he's a decent role player. He played a lot. Of, he plays a lot of stretch four for under uh, Steve Clifford, and I think that fits him well. Yeah, he Williams is definitely a guy who's just always been haunted by being drafted so high. Like if you if Williams was drafted, say twelfth or whatever, if he was drafted twentieth, he'd be loved. Yeah, like everyone would just see him as. Like a very solid career, but he got drafted second, and everyone like it's just a bust. It's like the same thing as Dunleavy. Like if Mike Dunleavy was 
the 15th pick, he'd be a huge success story. But, like, whatever he was, third or fourth or whatever, he just, you never really can live up to those expectations, no matter, like, how unfair they are. But The draft is the worst. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously that's not William's fault that someone wanted to take him that high. But, um, all right, so the trade to Portland. They sent Gerald Henderson um, and Noah Vonley. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah, I know about for, for Batum. What, you know, you watch the Hornets a lot. How does Batum impact this team in a way that Henderson did not? You know, like, what does Batum bring to the table that you weren't getting from Gerald Henderson? Because you, you kind of see that as, like, the natural re- replacement um, in that trade. What Batum brings that Henderson didn't is whatever Lane Stevenson was supposed to be last year, Batum should be that. Henderson couldn't shoot three-pointers. He was a solid defender. He couldn't create for others. He was kind of a 90s shooting guard stuck in an era where everyone needs to be able to shoot three-pointers and stretch mm-hmm. the floor. So Batum brings a second ball group, a second creator next to Kemba Walker, which is huge because... Kemba Walker's problem for his entire career in Charlotte has never once had another creator except Josh McRoberts for a season and a half. <laughs> so having that extra creator next to him is so huge, especially in the backcourt. And he can shoot three-pointers and stretch the floor. And Batum is one of those guys who's always like a five-by-five five threat. Yeah. He's always he's known for getting triple doubles. He can rebound, which he can defend, which putting him next to Kid Gilchrist is huge, having yes. just that much length on the floor. Like, he's really just their best acquisition of the offseason and after getting Kid Gilchrist on that extension for so cheap they yeah. might be able to resign Batum for a long period of time which would be even better yeah and like Batum I guess I didn't really really realize and I, you know he came over so young is like he's only 26 but he's basically the same age as Kemba Kemba's 25 so like they're really it seems like Batum's a you know he's a vet at this point he's been in the league seven years where Kemba kind of seems like still a younger guy, but like they're they're in that same age group, and you know you keep both of them around with Kid Gilchrist, so like that's actually a fairly young core um, to build around. You know you hope Kaminsky blossoms into something, whatever. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yes, Batum's you know defensively, you're you're gonna be playing two wings who. Are just like incredible defenders. Batum six eight. What is Gilchrist is like six 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 five. He's six seven six eight something like that. Yeah, so like an insane wingspan. Right, insane wingspan. You're gonna play both of them together. You know that's gonna cause a lot of problems for other teams because of how you're gonna. Gilchrist is, in my opinion, the best perimeter defender in the NBA besides Kawhi Leonard. He's he's incredible. Having like Kip Gilchrist, um, talking about him really quick. Last year, without him, um, when, last year when he was off the floor, the Hornets' defensive rating was 102.3. When he was on the floor, it was 98.8. Like, dude is just a monster. Wait, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong. <laughs> without him on the floor, then it was 104.1, and with him on the floor, it was 96.3. Yeah. Which, 96.3 is an insanely good defensive rating number. The guy yeah. is a monster. 
play on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Everyone likes to talk about his offensive deficiencies, especially his jump shot. Right, like it's fun. But, it's funny and easy to crack jokes about, like, that picture of him shooting, like, gets thrown around Twitter, like, nonstop because, you know, it's easy to make a joke about that, but there's probably... It's <laughs> a really funny picture. Oh, yeah, it is. But, like, <laughs> it discounts the fact that the dude is very good. Like, defensively is so important. And, I mean, what would you say, like, besides besides uh, Hornets fans, there's maybe, like, a dozen people watching the Hornets. Like, no one's... No one's flipping around league pass to to check out the Hornets. It's kind of just a team that your squad is playing them, and that's when you see them. So that's what you know is just, like, jokes about Ken Gilchrist's form and, like, Kemba Walker's crossovers are people's, you know, impressions of the Hornets. Um, you know, fair or unfair. But I think, you know, this is going to be a pretty, pretty interesting team. I, You know, last year was... 11th in the East. I think they're definitely better than that this year, um, especially with additions of the tomb. Um, and Kid Gilchrist will be better than ever. Um, what do you think? Do you think this is a playoff I'm team? Optimistic. I'm kind of optimistic about this year with them because the tomb's better, and I think the bench did get better. But last year, like I said, there was all these expectations around, and then they crashed and burned. I mean, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker still has only shot over 40% once. Yeah. Kid Gilchrist, well, the thing with Kid Gilchrist is he didn't attempt a single three-pointer last year, and in my opinion, that's good, because he wasn't going to make them anyways. Right. Everyone has this big problem where it's like, oh, he wasn't taking the efficient shots, but you know what, if he's making more mid-range jump shots than he's making three-pointers, why is he not taking the mid-range jump shot? Because he wasn't take, making enough three-pointers to make up for that anyways. Yeah. But apparently he's trying to add that, and but let's say he doesn't. That is a bit of a problem, the fact that his offense is still kind of limited. Right. He's getting better, but it's still limited. And Al Jefferson hasn't had a healthy se- hasn't had a fully healthy season since 2010, so you have to expect him in this game at some point. Right. Like, this could all go south so incredibly fast, especially if Batum doesn't work out. That said, I do think their defense will be good enough to push him into the playoffs again. Because so like you win, they won 33 games last year. I think they're, you know, they are around 500 this season. And I don't think you're going to have to be 500 to get into the playoffs in the bottom of the East. Like, this isn't a team that's going to jump up, most likely, obviously, you never know, most likely jump up into, you know, the top six or something. But I think they're definitely capable of challenging for one of those those last two spots in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I think that would be a pretty successful season, you know. Last year you tried something, it didn't work. It didn't really cost you too badly, and now you've turned over a new direction, and you're trying to build something new. If you, you know, you move forward, you're not, you're not going to win a title from one year to the next. Like it's going to take years to build this, and I think this off season was a step in the right direction. I agree with all that entirely. I mean, a lot of people like to make jokes about it because they couldn't really see what they were doing, but really, I think that was just because. Everyone was confused by like the fact that they traded away Noah Vonley, who was really young, and yeah. he was their draft pick. And then they, instead of taking the apparently magical offer from the Celtics <laughs> that every team in the world declined, they took uh, Frank Kaminsky over Justice Winslow, which I think that is a fairly worthy criticism. Yeah. Because I'm also high on Justice Winslow, 
But Kaminsky's going to be a fine player. He's probably the most NBA-ready player in the draft. He can shoot the ball, which the Hornets desperately need. Yes. And he's going to be a fine NBA player. So, really, I mean, that pick got over-criticized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not super high on Kaminsky, but we'll see. Uh, but you still have to agree that got, the pick got overly criticized, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I think it was just people heard those rumors about the picks, and I don't know, it's it's always hard to tell what what the truth is on those, you know, even if you were, even if it was actually four first-round picks, you know, if it's like a couple of Clippers picks, which are basically meaningless, you know, and a, a Celtics pick that's going to be the back end of the lottery and like another back end of the lottery pick, like yeah, technically that's four first-round picks, but I mean, is that really that valuable to you? I don't know, it's... You never know what the real offer was. I, I certainly wouldn't have taken Kaminsky, but I don't, I don't know that it deserved quite the criticism it received. I was frustrated that it didn't take Winslow, but I see why you would take Kaminsky, especially if you're a franchise yeah. that's currently operating in a let's get to the playoffs now mode. Right, and if you see Kaminsky, you know. That seems more like a fit over a best player. Like, I think Winslow is going to be a better player than Kaminsky. But I guess if you're the Hornets, you see Kaminsky fitting into your team better and that you already have Batum and um, and Kid Gilchrist. Like, you need another, another wing who's a good defender but is limited offensively. I, I, I think that's what the Hornets' thinking was on that pick. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, you in have any... case, hey, we got another goofy white guy in the NBA. Don't have <laughs> those, right? <laughs> um, you have any final thoughts on on the Hornets this season? Otherwise, we'll wrap things up. Just be more. I just want them to be more fun. They were not fun at all the last two months of last season. They were the worst team to watch. <laughs> so just be a little more fun. Sounds good. That's a good advice for everybody. Be a little more fun. Here's our boy DJ Lasatino playing us out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.